Hey, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to, to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Here we go again. We are back with the Community of Principles podcast, and I have a fantastic guest who I'm going to introduce here in just a couple moments. But before we get to that, you are probably noticing that the calendar has shifted and we are now into November, which means the MEMSPA conference is quickly approaching. We are about a month away from the MEMSPA conference up in Traverse City. And for all of you leaders, for all of you principals, if you have not registered, if you're not signed up for MEMSPA, please do so. And you know what? Before we even finish this podcast, get on the website and register at MEMSPA.org. Without any further ado, our guest today is Becky Biederman, and I am excited to have Becky on. And so just a couple things about Becky. She's an elementary school principal in Marysville, Michigan. She is a wife. She's a mom to two amazing little girls. She loves being active. She's very motivated and she is extremely passionate. And I just want to say welcome, Becky. Thank you, Ben. I uh, I want to second real quickly that uh, MEMSPA call out there you did. If you have not yet, I definitely recommend it. That was uh, one of the best things I did as a brand new principal was go to the MEMSPA conference last year. So I have to uh, second second that little shout out you did. Well, fantastic. I And I can't wait. You're going to be up there too, right? We will be up there. Yes, I am uh, very excited. We're a month out, right? Or close to a month out. Very exciting. Yes. Okay. Well, I will see you up there. So we're going to jump right in. And for those of you that have been paying attention, we are into season number two with the Community of Principles podcast. And the format is eight questions in eight minutes. Are you ready for this, Becky? I think I am. Let's give it a shot. Okay. Question number one. How did you get to your current role? All right. Well, first of all, I uh, came into education in about 2005. I graduated from Central Michigan University, uh, Fire Up Chips, and I was here in Marysville and I taught a half-day Young Fives program, uh, which was a, a foot in the door, if you will, and definitely kind of a a reminder that I'm not sure I was ready for those little, little ones, but uh, that was one year. And then I moved into the fourth grade where I stayed for four years. And then after that, I taught third grade for the rest of my career, um, all at the same building right here in Marysville. And then uh, it turned out an opportunity for an administrative role was going to open up at another building. And I, I jumped on it. And I suppose the rest is history. I'm, I'm glad I did it. It worked out well. Well, that's uh, what a whirlwind going from young fives to third grade to administration. I mean, the current building, your current building in Marysville, I guess this would classify as question number two. Tell us a little bit about the makeup of your building. Uh, what are the grades? How many students do you have kind of the, along those sure. lines? We have uh, almost 500 uh, students here. We have three sections of every grade level, uh, K-5. And I also house a beginning garden program uh, to a half day. So an AM and a PM class of, of BK. So we just are a, a pretty tight knit little neighborhood school. It's it's an awesome place to work and live. It's it's lucky for me the my homeschool, so where my my kids come here, and it's an awesome place to live and work. Marysville is is quite a little city. That's good, good news, and I love the fact that you mentioned that your family's there as well because I think that adds a level of investment that really does make a difference. It does. My uh, my husband teases that he can hit my my building or the building with a nine iron. We're we're I'm very close to where I work, which is great. Wow. Well, we have something in common. I am literally a half a mile from where I am right now. And so you're, sounds like less than 200 yards. So that's uh, what a cool, what a cool little opportunity. It is wonderful. I'm very lucky. 
Okay, let's go. Question number three, keeping this moving. What's the best advice you've ever received? Well, you know, I think we often get advice uh, solicited and unsolicited sometimes, but the best advice that I've used almost daily in my professional career is just to always keep, you know, students, keep the kids at the forefront. I think if you can confidently go into every day and, you know, every meeting, every decision, everything you do, every interaction, um, putting your students and the kids in the forefront, you're, you're going you're gonna to do all right. If you can keep them sort of in your mind's eye with everything you do, you're, you're doing something right. Can't complain with that. I mean, definitely just focusing on kids first is definitely why we got into this profession. Okay, well, along those same lines then, what is one issue, and you don't actually have to fix this, Becky, but what is one issue in education you would love to see fixed? Oh, gosh. I feel like often, sometimes how we're testing and assessing kids is is an issue. You know, I know that we have to, we have to both you know, kind of test or assess student growth and show student growth. And then there's always the that aspect of teacher effectiveness. But again, I'm glad I don't have to fix it. But I, you know, I wish there was a way that we could track that growth, monitor teachers effectiveness in a way that didn't have to come with kind of those high stakes state testing that are they're so invasive. And, and often we end up losing valuable, you know, instructional days to give them we lose instructional days too often teaching to them, you know, I just wish that there was a way to to get some of those things across, like I said, like tracking the kiddos and um, monitoring teacher effectiveness without some of those aggressive state tests. Oh, I couldn't, I could not agree more. You know, it's, it was never designed to be what it is. And, and I think you're exactly right. You know, we want valuable data, but we don't necessarily want it the way we're getting it. And a one-shot deal on uh, standardized testing and having that be the high stakes that it is right now for schools seems just extremely punitive and not, um, just not educationally sound. So I think you make right, some great I agree. And at this level, they're, they're so little still, you know, at the elementary level. And to put that much pressure on those kids, it is, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough gig for them. <laughs> agree. Okay, let's get a little personal with this one. We got a couple of um, coming up that um, I'm curious to find a little bit more out about Becky. What are two things most people don't know about you? Well, I think two, gosh, one thing for sure uh, is that I am a huge sports fan. I will watch just about anything college. Uh, we are big, my whole family. It's, it's, I think it was just, I'm born into it. Um, we're, we're big sports people. We, uh, and especially here with Thanksgiving coming up. I mean, I have, I have spent every Thanksgiving that I can remember, uh, at a Lions football game. We tailgate for Thanksgiving. My kids have always been at the Eastern market for their Thanksgiving since they've been born. We, uh, we just are big, big sports people. So I've just been, it was how I was raised and I'm, my girls are like that too. We, uh, like I said, if every Thanksgiving here coming up is is with the Lions, unfortunately, if I'd like to see them, you know, have some different outcomes sometimes. But that's one thing I don't think that a lot of people sometimes expect of, of I don't know, girls sometimes, I guess. But <laughs> huge, I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, another thing that people might not know about me is that I was actually raised by two educators. So I had a mom who taught every grade K-6, primarily in second grade. So I, I have very vivid memories of helping her in her classroom and putting up bulletin boards and helping her prep and roaming the halls of her school when I was little. And uh, my dad was actually a principal. He was a middle school principal. So nothing, uh, nothing makes middle school more awkward than, than having your dad there uh, going through it. <laughs> going through it all with you, so. yeah, Yes, but yes, but there's, there's something that you just have mentioned. I mean, completely. This has been in your blood. This is what you've been doing your it, it entire is. My, life. My mom tells a funny story. She had brought home some old curriculums. And I mean, I couldn't have been 
six, seven years old. And, you know, and I'm walking around with the, the basil reader, you know, teacher edition and teaching my care bears. You know, I mean, she just tells a funny story about how I've literally been doing this my, my whole life. Yep. Okay. So before we go on, I just want to mention a couple of things. One, when I was younger, my family would go to the Pontiac Silverdome and we would actually take in Lions games. The problem was there was only so many years that I could handle that because it was usually made for a very rough Thanksgiving. So I give you a lot of credit for doing that. And then the second piece is that um, as a sports fan, and I think I heard this right at the beginning, Central Michigan, um, how many times do you get back up and get to watch your Great. alma mater? We actually were up, up there this year. Uh, we try and get back for for homecoming. We missed a couple when uh, you know when the girls were little. They they tend to to slow us down a little bit, but we we try and get back up for every homecoming and and always uh, get into the game. You know, weather permitting, usually, but we we do get up once a year. I, it's kind of my happy place. I I loved Mount Pleasant for the years I was there, and like I said, I like getting up there as often as we can. Well, good, very cool. Okay, a couple more questions. Let's make it quick now. Um, you've probably been to weddings, and my guess is that you've had to choose between one of these choices, chicken, chicken. or fish, Becky. She's going chicken. And how do you like your well, chicken done? Gosh, I would usually like it. It's called chicken piccata. I was a former waitress in years past, so I have some experience in kitchens and things. Uh, so yes, it's called chicken piccata, and it's capers and artichoke hearts, and it's often a wedding choice. Ah, very cool. Okay, so now I'm going to throw you for a quick loop, and this is, we'll have one more question after this. Here's my one loop on on, on the whole dinner piece. What is your side? This is this is a brand new question. What do you have in, what do you have as a side? What's your Ooh, favorite thing to have on um, the side? I'm going to have to go with asparagus or Brussels sprouts, one or the other. I was going to say asparagus if it's cooked right, and Brussels sprouts all day. Mm-hmm. Okay, very interesting. Okay, we, we've got time for one last question. And, and this one probably is, I'm very curious to see where you go with this. This is like a meaningful question. Becky, could you talk about someone who has influenced you in your leadership journey? Someone that maybe saw leadership qualities in you before you maybe even saw them in yourself? And um, and what would you want to say to that person? Very good. Well, I I mean, first, I've kind of mentioned it already. I was, I was raised in an educator family. And I think my... My dad always asked when, as the principal, you know, would you ever leave? You know, you always just want to be a teacher. You always want to be in the classroom. Is that what you want to do? And I always thought that's, you know, I wanted to impact kids in that way. So I always said, nope, nope, teachers, that's what I want to do. And and he would often press a little bit, but I rarely, you know, nope, I'm going to, I want to impact kids in the classroom. And um, so much so that my my first master's, when I got it, I, I got it in the art of teaching because I was opposed to getting leadership because I was certain that, you know, nope, I, I was passionate about wanting to to stay in the classroom. And then I uh, I had an opportunity and the blessing of working, like I said, over at Morton um, under the leadership of Kathleen Quain was my uh, principal there. And she's a very dear friend. And a few years ago, she asked if I would step in for her maternity leave. And at that time, again, I still really hadn't thought about administration, but I was kind of floored and, and honored that that she would even think of me because I knew how much, you know, she loved her job. She loved Morton. And I was, you know, honored again that she would kind of think of me to take the reins while while she was gone. Um, so that sort of planted the seeds. So I think to both of them now, I I can thank Kathleen. My, my dad has actually since passed. So I definitely think of him every day while I sit behind this desk and, and roam these halls and, and kind of follow in his footsteps. So to both of them, I would definitely say, Thank you for uh, seeing in me what what I didn't see right away. So that's a, and I love that story. I mean, you know, you just summed it up in just a couple of minutes. And and here's the thing. And Becky, I think that you embody this, and I think that they also did this for you. 
This is so critical because as leaders, it is vital that we continue to try to build up others and create leadership opportunities for the people that that are surrounding us, whether it's a staff member, whether it's a paraprofessional, whether it's a parent. We have so many opportunities during our days, during our years, to try to build up and lift up others into these leadership roles. And this is what's happened for you. They saw those leadership qualities in you at a young age, and they continued to build and foster those. And now look where you are today. So I'm just, I'm delighted that you came on the show, and I appreciate all the insight you were able to offer. And now, now I know that uh, the next time that we cross paths, I will make sure that they put a sports game on the TV when we're sitting there, uh, maybe having a drink or, right? or, yes, uh, or most just having definitely. a there's, there's always sports on somewhere. So, and I, uh, I definitely want to thank you, Ben. I, uh, feel a little out of my element, but I'm, I'm humbled by the list of other educators that you've, that you've talked to and have made appearances, uh, on this podcast. So I'm excited to, uh, to be in the ranks of them. And it was great chatting with you. I'm, I'm so looking forward to MEMSPA and, and seeing you in person. Absolutely. So one last shout out as you're listening to this, if you have not registered for MEMSPA 2018, which is coming up in just a few short weeks, please jump on memspa.org and get yourself signed up. It'll be a fantastic time, guaranteed. Thanks again, Becky. Thank and you. I see will you see soon. you in just a few short weeks. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MEMSPAChat. Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.